It's time for You Better You Bet. We'll give you an edge to beat the spread and so much more. What do we call that? Wagertainment. It's You Better You Bet from BetQL. You better you bet. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser filling in for Nick and Ken. Nick and Ken will be back on Thursday. You can watch us live 24-7, of course, on the BetQL Network, directly on the free Odyssey app. Also, check us out on Twitch, YouTube, BetQL Network, and you can listen to You Better You Bet live on Sirius Channel 160, as well as Sirius XM 205. And you can now watch us live for the next two hours on WatchStadium.com, YouTube TV. Uh, we welcome our good friends from Stadium right now. So, PJ, we've pretty much right, uh, hit on every single wild card matchup. we got to get to Rams-Lions here, which we could touch on briefly as the Lions advance. We're going to preview that game coming up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where the Lions are still taking money. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites. Total's 48-and-a-half. But here's one that's going to surprise some people. Uh, the Green Bay Packers taking a little bit of money. Nine-and-a-half, opened at 10. Total yep. in the game, 50-and-a-half. How surprised were you? And I know that you had Green Bay. You really thought they were going to beat Dallas. They win that game 48-32. They close as seven-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, The total closes at 52. Total goes well over, but they win that game 48-32. Jordan Love in his first playoff start. Luke is my witness. We were doing our Sunday show over at National Harbor on Sunday before kickoff, and I turned to my co-host, J.P. Flame, and I said, the Green Bay Packers are going to win this game today. He's like, no, they're not. I said, J.P., I'm telling you, Jordan Love, the way he's playing the last three weeks, they always play Dallas tough, and it's the Cowboys in the playoffs. Like, it's what they do. I don't care if they've won 17 straight games in a row. This is postseason football. It's it's different. And that first drive, Ryan, when Green Bay went right down the field, yeah. when Love had a couple third down throws, Aaron Jones was running the ball, and they punched it in, I said, oh, Green Bay's winning it today. They're winning today. And then they came right back down, scored again. They got some turnovers, the pick six. It was – I thought they'd cover. I thought they'd win. I didn't think they'd be up 27 nothing in well, the first half. That it, was that was stunning. And I loved Green Bay in the game. I loved them at eight, uh, seven and a half. It closed at seven. And, you know, then I thought we were pushing it a little bit with Dallas. What you said, I mean, they're 8-0 at home. They were 6-2 and two against the spread. Offensively, they were averaging over 30 points per game. So, I mean, I wasn't surprised Green Bay won the game, to be honest with you. I wasn't surprised that they covered the game. But I was just surprised the fashion that it went down where – I mean, Dak was terrible. He said it at the podium after the game. He's like, yeah. I suck today. Yeah, the interception to Jair Alexander. And then Darnell Savage, who's been beat up pretty much the entire season, he gets the interception. And I thought that was the biggest part of the game. Like, that was that was the key to the game for Green Bay. I like Green Bay in the game, but I like Dallas in the first half at four. Uh, because I thought you have Green Bay, the youngest team, third youngest team in NFL playoff history. You have Jordan Love making his first playoff start. There's going to be some growing pains. But they got on the board right away. It was 14 nothing. They get the one-yard touchdown run from Aaron Jones on the second play of the second quarter. And the game was over right there, man. They put the pressure on. They went up, and then Dallas was in chase mode. You had the interceptions from Dak. But the defense for Dallas was god-awful. Terrible. The tackling was awful. Um, you know, I love Jaden Reed in that game. I thought he was going to do what Romeo Dobbs did, but it ended up being the Dobbs show. And then Aaron Jones, I mean, what Green Bay's found on the ground here the last – Three or four weeks just to compliment Jordan Love has been great. And he was making Aaron Rodgers-type throws off the back foot, middle of the field, pinpoint accuracy. He was he was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, Green Bay, look, it's funny how just, you know, even though teams change throughout the years, the Packers just always play the Cowboys tough. It mm-hmm. just is the way it always is, as you know. With that being said, though, the Niners always have their number. So a lot of people probably going to like Green Bay this week after they were seven-point dogs, one outright by 16 when 
really, you know, it felt like they won that game by 40. Now they're nine and a half point dogs against San Francisco. It's going to be tough. It's yeah. going to be tough. Green Bay is going to be a popular pick, and I get it, man. Like nine and a half. You have Jordan Love who on throws beyond the sticks. Nine of 11, 210 yards, three of his four touchdowns. Like that's the thing. They're pushing the ball down the field. The run game, Aaron Jones, four straight games going over 100 yards. And that was like the matchup going against Dallas. Dallas, number one in pass rush win rate. But the pass defense, the run defense was shaky. Yep. But Green Bay is number two in the league in pass pro. Even without David Bakhtiari, you know, even with a makeshift offensive line, they've been great this season. And Matt LaFleur was in his bag. Obviously, you had Luke Musgrave wide open down the field on that touchdown catch. Uh, Tucker Kraft had a touchdown grab in that game. Like you said, Jaden Reed was the only guy that didn't go off. And Christian Watson, who was more of the decoy. Uh, but Jaden Reed caught no balls on three targets. So I expect him to have a bounce back game. I'm all over the George Kittle props going against Green Bay. We'll preview that here in a second. And then the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff revenge game. Any uh, surprise there? I liked the Rams at three and a half. I liked the Rams at three. Me too. No surprise that Detroit won that game, though, with that run game, with that offensive line. And then defensively, as leaky as the pass defense is, they could stop the run and they could get after the quarterback. And that's when Matthew Stafford struggles. But he didn't really struggle. He was magnificent even in the loss. Do you ever watch a game and just know that right off the bat you're like, oh, this team's not winning this game tonight? Like, I don't think anybody was beating Detroit on Sunday night. Like, no, I just don't think anybody was going to be able to. Um, with that being said, the Rams should have won that game. They should have won that game. They held yeah. the Lions to six points in the second half. They were awesome. And the Rams just couldn't score touchdowns in the red zone. They had to settle for too many field goals. Sean McVay, as good of a play caller as he is, I really don't understand him in the red zone. The first two times they got in the red area, Ryan, they threw it all three downs. They didn't even try Kyron Williams one time. I know the Lions' rush defense has been pretty good, and obviously you want to throw against Detroit. But as we know, the closer you get down, the tougher it is to throw. Yeah. So I thought that game planning early was uh, was interesting. Puka is spectacular. He's awesome. What a beast he is. And Matt Stafford is, I mean, like you said, he was awesome. All, he could make all the throws. Yeah. Obviously, with the pressure that he had on him as well in that game, I thought he delivered. He played great. Um, two good teams, man. I think the biggest winner from that game, though, was San Francisco. I thought the only team that could beat the Niners in the playoffs this year was the Rams. Now that they're out, I think the Lions are the team that would give them the best game. We certainly know the Lions can score with San Francisco. I just don't know if they can get the stops to contain them, if they can give, you know, make Purdy uncomfortable like the Browns did, like the Ravens did. Um, but I, I just, my takeaway was, especially in that first half, how good the offenses were. Yeah. Just that was one of those games you're watching in the first half and you're just sitting there like, Man, we could be in for an instant classic. Like, this is why we love football. Just trading blows up and down the field. The stars were showing out. It was a really good game. Uh, I was happy that the Rams covered for us, and I was happy that the Lions won. See, I was too. Time. I was too, man. I was at, like, you know, I had the Rams in the game, but that was a great result where mm -hmm. I was almost like, I wish I would have played some Detroit money line, but I don't want to be that guy. But, I mean, um, they waited 30 years for a home playoff game, 32 years for a playoff win. Now they get to host another one. So even as a Green Bay fan, I was excited for their fans and for Jared Goff. I mean, I know it was a great story, Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit to get his revenge. And I love how the crowd booed him as well and booed his family. That's great because, again, they hadn't had a playoff game at home for yep. 30 years. So I like to see it. But uh, I thought Jared Goff was a great story, too, man. We pretty much wrote him off. Like, we wrote him out of the league, and he was awesome. I saw he finished Pro Football Focus had this. He had an 88% adjusted completion percentage, and that includes drops, 
uh, throwaways, spikes, batted balls. And uh, his performance, seventh among all playoff performances since 2020. That game lived up to the hype. It Puka was, really was awesome. Good. He broke DK's rookie playoff record for receiving yards. He had 181 and a loss. Rams are going to be fun again next season. Kyron Williams is probably going to be a top three fantasy back. Uh, Puka's great. Cooper Cup still could play some football. And Matthew Stafford, even though every big game I feel is the same game for Stafford, he throws for 350, 360 yards, he always gets beat to hell. Yes. And it's always his finger. It's always the finger on his throwing or hand. the shoulder. And oh, it also his head, man. I was shocked that he went back in that game. Yeah, I know. The way he was looking up at the, uh, at the lights after that hit he took was something. You're right, though. He always, always throws for 300 yards. Yeah. Always seems like he's banged up. The Rams, though, the future's bright for the Rams. I mean, we thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in football, right? We know they went all in. They got their Super Bowl. They traded for Stafford. But what they did in the draft this past year, I mean, Kyron Williams and Puka and their O-line was much improved. They're likely going to lose their defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, probably to one of these head coaching jobs. Maybe not. We'll see. But, uh, you know, the Rams, certainly we thought this team was going to be terrible for like the next couple of years. But they got something they got something there and Stafford is still one of the elite quarterbacks. Look, there's a reason why Sean McVay didn't just take the money and run. Like he got his Super Bowl ring. He doesn't have to retire from coaching forever. He could have went away, went into the broadcast booth, made a couple million dollars. He had a kid on the way. He's mm-hmm. got a, a beautiful wife at home. So, uh I thought him coming back showed that he thought that they had something. Obviously he has a good relationship with Matthew Stafford and uh Man, they hit on something with Puka, and I'm kind of surprised at how good Kyron Williams has turned out as a Notre Dame guy. Uh, But now they get a pretty tough matchup. Not the Rams, that is, but uh, coming up here for um, the uh, Lions. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites. Total's 48-and-a-half. So you have Baker Mayfield, who was awesome last night. Mm. But now you got to go against that Lions pass defense, which I know is leaky, but they could get after the quarterback. Aiden Hutchinson, in his first playoff game, was awesome. Had a 39% pressure rate, which was the best mark from Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, he's really good. They could stop the run. They could get after the quarterback. What are your early thoughts? Let's start here with this game. Tampa Bay, a six and a half point dog. Total 48 and a half. Tampa on the money line, plus 220. Lions at home, minus 275. What are you doing here? So as you mentioned, I mean, through when we were handicapping these four games and we were talking about it at the start of the show, feels like the lines for the other three games are pretty dead on, right? Like, it feels like there's no advantage there. I think this line's too inflated. This, to me, should be lines like minus four and a half, I feel like. I think we're getting two points of value. I would buy it up to seven, lay the juice with Tampa, um, because I don't think it gets there. But I think this could go back down to six. So why it's at six and a half, I would buy it up to seven. I think Tampa Bay keeps this game close. I think it's a really good matchup for Baker. And that's what it comes down to. You know, the Eagles, Ryan, at the end of the regular season, ranked 32nd against opposing wide receivers in fantasy football. We saw why again last night. So many open bucks receivers. The Eagles can't tackle. It's just terrible. The Lions ranked 30 in the regular season against opposing wide receivers. So you can definitely move the ball against them. We've seen that through the second half of the season. We saw it against the Rams with the game that Puka had. I think Mike Evans could have a big day. Godwin could have a big day. Kate Otten dropped like three passes last night or else he could have had a monster game. I think Baker's going to be able to move the ball in this game. I think the Bucs are going to be able to score. Yeah. I think the Lions win, but I think it's going to be it's going to be close. I am worried about them just because I think they were so looking forward to getting the rematch with Dallas and they were going to be dogs in that game and a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. And I would have liked them a lot in that game. But now that they're getting Tampa and now it just almost, it's kind of like when the Phillies, when they played the Braves this past season, 
right? And it seemed like the Phillies were so locked in to beat the Braves. And then it was almost like a letdown to play the D-backs in the NLCS. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's almost like you were so wanting to play the Braves, and then you beat them, you get over that hump, and then you go play the D-backs, and you just, like, you don't take them as seriously almost. Like, you just don't have the same juice as you did. It feels like so much was poured into that Rams game where you had Brad Holmes, the GM, had Rams ties. Obviously, Goff, Stafford was back. First home playoff game in forever. You were looking to stop the playoff losing streak. Now that you've won that and you're facing Tampa, it just feels like there could be a little bit of a letdown. So give me the Bucks plus six and a half. Yeah, I also I played Tampa at six and a half. I also actually like the over in the game, 48 and a half. And I got a couple player props I like. I like Mike Evans. And right now, uh, let's see, receiving yards. Receptions aren't up yet over at BetMGM. But you could take a look at the receiving yards. I love this matchup. 64 and a half is the number. And I like the matchup. He's going to be going against Cam Sutton, who's five foot eleven. His pro football focus grade, 55.6 in coverage. So I think Mike Evans is going to have a huge game. And then I might look at Jared Goff. Uh, I like the over in the game. And then I also like Goff passing yards. Um, let me pop, pop those up here. 270 and a half. I know that's a higher number. It's minus 115 both ways right now over at BetMGM. But we know what Tampa's going to do. We know what Todd Bowles is going to do. They're going to blitz. And Goff stinks under pressure, natural pressure, but against the Blitz, kind of like same thing we were talking about with Stroud, 7.5 yards per attempt against the Blitz. That's seventh overall. I think if he gets rid of the ball quickly against that secondary, he could have some success. So give me Goff over 270 passing yards. Give me Mike Evans over 64 and a half receiving yards. I like the over in the game a little bit, 48 and a half. And I'm with you. I think Tampa keeps this game close plus six and a half. I think Detroit wins the game, but I think it's more, you know, a three and a half, four point matchup you know, in this matchup, even with Detroit, even at home, the crowd's going to be electric. And obviously I'm a little bit worried because Baker's dealing with the injuries. He was really good last night, but you're going to have Hutchinson in that pass rush coming after him. And I don't think they're going to be able to get anything going on the ground in this game either. I uh, no, I don't think they will either, which is why I like Baker's passing attempts. I like the over for that. It's not out yet on BetMGM, but when that drops the Bucks game plan last night, especially early in that game was, Look, we, we know the Eagles have a terrible pass defense, so let's take advantage of that. Let's just throw the ball. Now, Rashad White ended up finishing the game with 18 carries. A lot of that came in the second half when Tampa was milking the clock. They knew they had the game in, uh, in wrap and all that. But I like Baker's overpassing attempts. I think the Bucks know that they can have success against the Lions through the air, and they're not going to try and stay balanced. They're not going to try and see if they can develop a running game. They're going to throw Baker, and they're going to try and find some success through the air. So I would assume the passing attempts will be right around 35 and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood. I would take the over on that. With yep, Baker. I love that, man. Because, like, yeah, you can't run the ball against Detroit. Their run defense is top five, but you could throw the ball on them. You could throw the ball on that pass defense, and yep. Baker's been great. Ninth in EPA for dropback. Also, uh, I'm like I said, I might have to go with both quarterback props, though, and I'm looking at it right now. The Bucks last night, and granted, that's against Philly, and you know how to get after Jalen. You blitz them. You make them uncomfortable, but they blitzed on 40% of the dropbacks in the regular season, third most in the league. And they did the same thing last night against Philly. So I think they're going to do the same thing against Jared Goff, and he might have some success. So like his over 270 and a half. Baker's yards, 243 and a half. You like the attempts. Would you go over or under on the yards? I like the yards, too. I would go over on the yards. Yep. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll preview all the other divisional matchups. We've got a lot to get to. Green Bay, San Francisco. Can't wait for that one. Big one in the AFC. Your Ravens and the Texans, Texans nine-point dogs. We'll hit on all that and more. We're also going to talk some NBA coming up in about 20 minutes with Rick Camp as well. It's You Better You Bet. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser filling in for Nick and Ken. Check us out on Stadium.
We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM, it is You Better You Bet. Ryan Horvath filling in for Nick and Ken. They'll be back on Thursday. Check us out, watchstadium.com for the next two hours, till 6 p.m. Eastern, that is. Uh, check us out there. You can also watch us live 24-7 on the BetQL Network and directly on the free Odyssey app. Listen to You Better You Bet live on Sirius Channel 160 as well as Sirius XM 205. Again, Nick and Ken will be back on Thursday. Getting you guys set for the divisional round as uh, we wrap up Wild Card Weekend. Starting to preview a couple of these games. Uh, man, Texans beat the Browns 45-14, Page. Now they come here. They're going to take on your Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Nine-point dogs. Let's hit on this game a little bit here. Now, we talked about the total earlier. Total down to 44. I still like the under in this game. Uh, Texans on the money line, plus 310. Baltimore, minus 400. Again, the uh, spread in this game, nine. Where do you think we close? Do you think we close nine? Do you think the Texans take a little bit more money? Maybe we close at eight, eight and a half, or do you think we go up from here, back over maybe nine and a half, ten? No, I don't think it gets under nine just because of the teasers, right? If it gets to eight and a half, then the Ravens become two and a half on a teaser leg. So I don't think that happens. I think we go, I think it probably closes nine and a half. It wouldn't shock me, though, if it stays at nine and that's where it closes. I mean, the line feels about right to me. I I really, you know, I could see it going either way. It feels like the back door is kind of going to be open for Houston. As I mentioned, Lamar's one and eight against the spread as a favorite or seven and a half or more in the last three years. So he he just struggles in covering spreads, at least, when he's that big of a favorite. Now, he's great straight up, but he does struggle ATS. So, you know what else is the way my brain works, and I know yours kind of works the same way, is we have both one seeds playing on Saturday, right? Both big favorites, both nine, nine and a half. You know everybody is going to be playing a Ravens 49ers money line parlay, which on BetMGM is minus 190 juice. Ravens are minus 400. Niners minus 450. You know one of those dogs are going to give one of those favorites a game. Just It's just that's the way my mind works. Now, maybe both end up covering the spread. Yeah. But I think one of them is at least competitive in the first half, maybe the first three quarters. And to me, I think Houston is that team just because I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Yeah. So I think they're always going to be hanging around. So uh, I would probably lean to them plus the points. But like you said, I mean, the under is totally the play. As for player props, man, just because we like the under, I feel like you got to look at both field goal kickers. I mean, Justin Tucker, over one and a half field goals. It is minus 130. I would lay that juice. Fairbairn even is plus 135. I think that's good as well. Now, obviously, Houston's probably going to be aggressive. They know that if they want to upset Baltimore, they're going to need to score touchdowns. Um, But I certainly like the Tucker prop. It's tough to know who's going to be the guy for the Ravens to target the props. You know, OBJ has been great, really, the last, like, six, seven games of the regular season, and he's always good in the in the bright lights. So 32-and-a-half for him, I think that's a great bet. Nico Collins, who was awesome for the uh, for the Texans in that game against the Browns, 78-and-a-half feels a little too high. I think I kind of like his under for props. Um, Dalton Schultz would be the guy that I would target. The Ravens, the way you attack them is kind of over the middle of the field. So I think Schultz at 35-and-a-half could be a good look. Zay Flowers, his receiving numbers are always at 50 and a half. Like, feels about right for Zay. 
going to be also interesting to watch what Baltimore does on the ground because yep. they have not rushed Gus as much as you maybe would have thought they would, especially ever since Keaton Mitchell went down. Justice Hill has been kind of a receiving running back for them. He's been great all-purpose. He returns kicks for them as well. And then obviously they just picked up Dalvin Cook too. So like, does he start to get some carries? And they've done a great job of saving Lamar all season, not running him as much for the playoffs. So do they start to kind of unleash him a little bit, especially when you're going up against a Texans team that's already seen you once this year, all the way back in week one? Yeah. Lamar didn't run a whole lot in that game. So do you use Lamar's legs just to give the defense something else to think about? But the props that stick out to me are Tucker over field goals and OBJ over receiving yards. Love the Tucker field goals look, and I'm probably going to be with you on OBJ, and I want to get to the weather here in a second. It's kind of hard to believe, man. Lamar is going to be making his first playoff start since 2020. We have now went four years wow. without Lamar Jackson That's in the playoffs. Yeah. Obviously, last year it's Snoop Tyler Huntley, and they should have actually won that game if he doesn't try to go full space jam in the red zone and lose the fumble. Uh, started to bring up bad memories. Yeah. This Texans team, though, and like you said, so we had this matchup week one. This is a completely different Houston team. Oh, you yeah. know, C.J. Stroud was making his first start. Will Anderson was making his first start in the pros. Now, you know, these guys are pretty much vets. But they kind of remind me, Houston, this year, a little bit of the Bengals, the Super Bowl run that they had. Now, right, Joe Burrow wasn't a rookie, but that yeah. was really his first year because he played like six games as a rookie before his knee blew up. But, man, I mean... The down-to-down, -down, the standard down stuff, I, I think Baltimore is going to be able to hold their own. Are they going to be able to hit explosive plays? Because I thought that was going to be a bad matchup against Cleveland. Like, first half, C.J. Stroud hitting those throws made sense. I thought just going into the half, man, especially if you have a veteran defensive coordinator like Jim Schwartz, that they were going to make the right adjustments, and Stroud struggled against man coverage. But, uh, yeah, he didn't skip a beat. He didn't even finish the game. He didn't have to play in the fourth quarter pretty much of that game. But I don't know against Houston and this defense. Like, the Ravens' defense this season – I know not everybody loves the EPA stuff, but they're six in EPA per play. If you look the last 10 years, like that's the best defense the past decade. And they have pass rushers. They could get after the quarterback. I like the secondary. I love Kyle Hamilton, especially the way that they could use him as like the ultimate chess piece. Love him. Patrick Queens had a big year, especially yep. because it's a contract year. I like the Roquan pickup. We got to look what the injury report is, but also I think this comes down to the weather too, because Baltimore is going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to limit the possessions. And right now they're calling for temps in the 15 to 18 degree range and obviously you don't have the retractable roof like the uh like the texans do here it's gonna be cold it's gonna be real cold man yeah, 25 to 30 mile per hour wins so if cj any... stroud can't push the ball down the field i like the ravens even at nine do you have any tips because i will be at this game and obviously as a packers fan who's seen some playoff games at lambeau when it's that cold what's your advice yeah i'm glad that you bring this up actually all right so 3 30 p.m <laughs> You're going to be looking at freezing temps. Yeah, I'm but not looking forward see, to it. I can't relate, though, because even with these temps around then, they're calling for a temperature in the low 30s. You're going to get winds from the northeast about 25, 30 miles per hour. The last cold weather game I went to at Lambeau Field, well, the last, like, real cold weather game, it was the wild card game against the San Francisco 49ers. Kaepernick. Kaepernick. And I knew the Packers were big screwed in the game because I had on, like, 15 jackets like 18 pairs of socks. That's that's my always my advice is uh, drink, tailgate, 
rum helps or dark liquor, and then wear multiple layers, and oh, you're fine. 100%. Don't be the guy, I almost swore, don't be the jerk that uh, has his face oh, and chest painted, no. and he's got no shirt on, I'm he's gonna, got no clothes. I'm going to bring my ski mask, like, I'm yeah. going to bundle up. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah you look like, like, like uh, the putty patroller, like yeah, the foot soldiers exactly. from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, go no, full ski mask. The socks are a great call, like triple socks. I got my hand and feet warmers. Try not to get, don't get the socks wet. No. I like boots. Yeah, I wear like a full snowsuit, but yeah. like in Green Bay at Lambeau Field, you see the guys that do like the overalls with nothing on under. Ugh. Don't do that. No, no, you're gonna catch hypothermia. You're probably gonna be in the hospital. The thing too that you never think of until it actually happens is what a pain it is to go to the bathroom when you go to a cold weather game. Because as you mentioned, you have all those layers on. Yeah, and then you got to go in the bathroom, and it takes you like five minutes to take everything off. So that's, not looking forward to that. That's that. That's the worst part yeah. about it, right there. <laughs> But it is yeah, the worst I knew the Packers were screwed in that wild card game because everybody was all bundled up and Kaepernick came out there for his warmups and he had no shirt on. And then he he went no yeah, sleeves. I remember. I think he that. just scored another rushing touchdown. I remember and, that. Uh, <laughs> I knew they were in big trouble. But I actually I like the that. cold weather games. I always wait until like last minute to get the tickets. Yeah. And you could end up paying like a hundred, hundred and twenty five dollars for really good seats mm-hmm. because nobody wants to sit out in the cold. But uh yeah, I do. I do like the cold weather games, but I'm also from the Midwest, so we're just I, no. Built I do. I do like the cold weather game this time around because I think it'll force the Ravens to run the ball a little bit more, and I think it'll be a defensive game. And if that's the case, I think that favors Baltimore. Ryan, they had a triple crown in defense this year, and I don't feel like we talk about it. They were led or either were tied for first in the NFL in takeaways, points per game allowed, and in sacks. They yeah. led the league or retired. Like, that's insane. And we don't talk about that. Um, the Ravens, like, if they go on and if they win the whole thing, they could be, like, a historically good team. When you think about the fact that they played in the hardest division, they played the hardest schedule, they absolutely demolished the Niners. They, all of their games, so they played 17 games this season. 14 of those were against teams with a winning record. Yeah. They won, they finished the year 13-4. and four. I mean, they are they're going to have the MVP at quarterback. I just mentioned they won the triple crown on defense. They have the greatest kicker of all time. I mean, if they win the whole thing, likely beat San Francisco again. Like yeah. there's there's an argument. There's an argument. See, and that's the thing. I love CJ Stroud. Absolutely love him. But you're going against the Ravens pass rush that had 60 sacks this season. And it's also CJ Stroud who went pressured as quarterback number 48. Yeah. And I know like last week, though, he showed up against the Browns, who were number two in pass rush win rate, second best pass rush next to the Cowboys. And he was awesome. But what I like about McDonald, the coordinator for the Ravens, and what I like about that defense is they game plan for opponents. So they're probably going to play a ton of man. They're going to look to get natural pressure. If they can't, they'll blitz Stroud. But um, if we get a cold weather game, they're not able to get anything going on the ground. I like Baltimore. I don't really want to lay the nine right now, but I nah. do love the under in the game. And I yep. won't be surprised if that continues to come down. Especially with if those we cold get the temps. Weather. Yeah. like so that a lot. 44 right now. Um, We'll see where we close. That's already though. dropped from 45 and a half to 44. And in the playoffs, you really don't see like a point and a half too much, especially like in, in 24 hours, you yeah. know, like it gradually kind of goes one way throughout the week. So, yeah, well, it's I, like I it's like the, the game yesterday play. in Buffalo, though, like the cold weather doesn't really bother me. The snow never really bothers me. But what bothers me usually will be the wind. The wind. And if we're getting 35 mile per hour winds, then that's going to affect the pass game. Ugh. 
and that is miserable. Any any concern just with the bye week? Because the Ravens are also like the hottest team in the league. They've won six out of their last seven. They blew up the Dolphins a couple weeks ago and hung 50-plus. Any concern? We talked about Lamar sure. not starting a game since 2020 in the playoffs, yeah. but also the fact that they haven't played a real game in a couple weeks. Here. Absolutely. It's a big concern, too, just because psychologically last time they were in this spot, they were nine, nine-and-a-half-point favorites against Tennessee, and we all know how that game ended, right? So they were the number one seed playing an AFC South team. They were big favorites. We were kind of all looking ahead to Kansas City in the AFC title game. Thought we were going to get that at home. And then, you know, next thing we know, Titans are up 14-0. So this team does feel different, though. Like, Lamar is just so locked in. Like, these last four games of the season, he, like, he doesn't celebrate. He's just constantly moving on to the next play. And there's an exchange between him and Roquan Smith when they're on the sideline. And they're just talking to one another. And Roquan was speaking about it. And he just said that basically Roquan was like, I got the defense, you got the offense, and let's go win this thing. So their mindset's right there. They got the vibes of the team to do it. Um, they just got to go out and execute, man. So the, the, I mean, getting rid of Greg Groman was was a beautiful, Game beautiful changer. thing. But bringing in Todd Munkin. Yeah, man. He was a good OC for him. Yeah. He was a good OC. And that's so, why I bought in on Lamar as the MVP candidate again. We figured we were going to get the old Louisville offense where it was going to be, you know, three wide receiver, four wide receiver sets. Also, we haven't even somehow we I didn't even bring up Mark Andrews is back somehow. He could he could play in this game. We'll see. Man, likely's been so great for him, though. He scored a touchdown in like four straight games. And likely does things that Andrews doesn't do. So I don't know. We'll we'll see if they rush Andrews back or if, uh, you know, they maybe hold him out another week or so. Harbaugh said he had a great practice today. Um, we'll see, man. But the wind is 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 going to be interesting because, you know, the Ravens have obviously turned themselves into this team that have tried to throw the ball, but they're still one of the top rushing teams in the league. And if the forecast is calling for that, yeah. do they kind of go back to their to yeah. their old ways? Yeah, and, and the other big difference uh, from the last time we saw Lamar back in 2020 is he has real options like outside and wide receiver, you yep. know, you didn't have a Zay Flowers and an Odell Beckham Jr., which I love that look, by the way, is receiving yards 32 and a half, even with the weather, man. And then I'm going to look at the Lamar rushing props, kind of like we'll talk about this game coming up out in uh, Buffalo, where I'm going to probably go over on Josh Allen rushing yards and Mahomes rushing yards, Mahomes rushing yards, just because in the playoffs, these guys are going to use their legs and, I think Lamar is going to against the Texans as well. So I'm excited for that game. I was also looking at Nico Collins receptions. Um, five and a half. Don't hate it. I don't hate it either. Five and a half. Is that juice to the over at all? Yeah, it's well, never mind. It's actually minus one fifty five as I pull it up right now over okay. at MG. I was gonna so. say, yeah, five and a half seemed a little light, but but yeah, he's with that I, kind of juice. I, I wouldn't lay it. Yeah, the receiving yards for Collins seventy eight and a half minus one fifteen receptions five and a half minus one fifty five. The only other thing they have up priced right now is Zay Flowers receptions uh, four and a half, which is uh, minus one thirty five to the under. Yeah, I just feel like I mean they're nine point dogs even in the weather. They're probably going to be trailing in this game and they're going to be throwing right. the ball. So I would look at Nico Man, Collins. Stroud is something. minus one sixty five to throw a pick. And he's thrown five this year. Yeah, he just doesn't turn the ball over. Which but against is this Baltimore defense, that, especially yeah, if he's, he's under pressure yeah, and, and they're playing wind. a ton of man. Yeah. 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 I still, I'm not laying minus 165 on Stroud. To no, throw a pick. no chance. No chance. Lamar at plus 110 to throw a pick is interesting. I mean, I could, I could see that happening. Unless they just don't have any reason to throw the no, ball. Go up 14 nothing. Go up two scores early in just this start game. Start milking clock. Yeah. With that defense, it would make complete sense. That's why they're minus 400 on the money line. So that's Baltimore, uh, Houston. We'll preview all these other games coming up as well. Right now, the Chiefs are three point dogs. Minus 125 is the price over at BetMGM, though. Totals 46. I want to hit that when we do come back.
And uh, I want to tell the people what they could get right now over at BetMGM as well, where I'll be placing a wager on George Kittle receiving yards. Every time you make a wager over at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM reward points that could be redeemed for things like free bets as well as risk-free tokens or converted to MGM reward points that could be used towards dining shows, hotel rooms, and over uh, 20 MGM resorts. Download the BetMGM app. Visit BetMGM.com today. Also, download the BetQL app for all the tools you need to take down the sports books tonight. A five-star play on Jalen Johnson under 17.5 points in the NBA. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to preview the AFC Divisional Round matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. It's Ryan Horvath and P.J. Glasser. You better you bet. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. So you better you bet. Tuesday, January 16th, Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser filling in for Nick and Ken. Nick and Ken will be back on Thursday getting you guys set for Divisional Weekend. They'll also be working the weekend as they do getting you guys set with the special edition of You Better You Bet on Saturday and Sunday because it's Divisional Weekend. Check out the show right now. We're on Stadium. Watchstadium.com backslash live. Click right there and you can watch the show. You can see my guy PJ Glasser who's been at work for about the last 72 hours. I had some car trouble last night. Don't want to talk about it. It wasn't very fun. Uh, we actually got some snow here in the uh, DMV. We did. For the first time in two years. I thought it was last year that we got the last uh, little snowstorm. That was two years ago. What's and that the, was no fun. Being a guy from Chicago, what's yeah. the biggest snowstorm you've ever been in? I think like 14 or 15 inches. We uh-huh. were off school for like four days. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe it was less than that. I'm. Yeah, it was at least a foot of snow, I know. Though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Luke, do you remember the one time we got a foot of snow? In this area, it was like 10 years ago or something. I can only imagine. Yeah, Everything was shut down. We were off school for a like, week. It, maybe 10 days. Yeah. It was It was wild. It was crazy. Yeah. You walk outside and like you sunk in the snow. It was... So we were off a week. Of school now, would you guys do a snow game? Like, okay, let's talk uh, Buffalo. Kansas City, Buffalo. It's going to be probably the game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Bills right now, three-point favorites. Total in the game, 46. Would you go sit out there? I would. I would even do the... I would shovel the snow for the extra 60 bucks, $20 an hour. Get a free beer, get a couple free drinks, and I would sit out there for this game. Cold weather does not affect me, unless I have to drive in it, of course. But I would sit out there and I would enjoy this game. Yeah, for the uh... like they were doing a topic like how much would you, how, yeah. how much you know would it cost? Like how much right. would you have to be paid? How much would I have to pay you a to snow go to this game? game? Wouldn't I would probably pay like two hundred and fifty bucks to go to this one? Snow game wouldn't bother me. I couldn't do the negative five that was in Kansas City. No, no chance. But, like, that Buffalo-Pittsburgh game last night, like, you know, sit in some snow, shovel it. Sure, that's fine. Luke, you're a Steelers fan. Would you go to that game? Last night's game. Free ticket. I didn't really like how the Bills fans were throwing snowballs at everybody on the Steelers. I don't know if you saw the one pass to uh, George Pickens in the back of the end zone. There was a snowball that almost hit him when he was trying to catch the ball. So I was a little frustrated about that last night, but. I would probably go to that game though. I've always wanted to go to Buffalo for a game. That uh, the Bills do that. Like if there's a snow game and you know you're an opposing team, you got to watch out for snowballs. I'd rather get hit with a snowball than have a bag of popcorn, a box of popcorn dumped on me like, like Nick Sirianni yeah, last I saw night. That. That's that when you know so like you got to make you're a change. Yeah. All right, let's talk about teams that are playing. Let's go to this uh, Chiefs Bills game. Uh, watching way too much bear. I want to call everybody Chef. Uh, three <laughs> points. 
That's what the Bills are favored, although uh, to back Kansas City right now, it's plus 125. I do like Kansas City here, though. What do you think about this total at 46? What are your early thoughts on the game? I actually bet a couple props this afternoon. Man, the total is interesting. So the last two times these teams have played, they played earlier this year. Uh, 20 to 17 bills won. they played the year before 24 20 bills won. however there are two meetings in the playoffs in this Mahomes Allen era 42 36 Kansas City and OT that was the 13 seconds game and then in the AFC title game Chiefs beat them 38 24 so when these two teams matched up in the playoffs they've been shootouts when last couple of years that they've met in the regular season they've been lower scoring games I'm staying away from the total I, mm. yeah See, but the thing is, the Chiefs have never had the defense when these teams have met like they have now, right? And obviously, when they played earlier this year, it was a 2017 game. Even Buffalo's defense, like, you got to give them a lot of credit. Ryan, they're missing some key pieces. I mean, they're missing Matt Milano might be their best player. They're missing Tredavious Wright. Your guy, um, Rasul Douglas, who came over, fantastic pickup for them. They've been stopping the run pretty good. They've been decent against the pass. They've been forcing some turnovers. So... The under would be my lean. It's not my favorite play. I do love Kansas City plus. I think they win the game. I really do. I just, I think Mahomes is kind of, like, he'd obviously prefer to be at home, right? Like, you want to be at home. You want to sleep in your own bed. You want to play at Arrowhead. You want to have the crowd be there. But I just think, like, the competitor in him, like, he's going to enjoy the opportunity of going on the road. Yeah. And, you know, being the villain and people counting him out and being an underdog, Man, like getting Mahomes as a dog is one thing. Getting him at plus three, whew, love it. Yeah, it's I like, like back him. in the day getting Jordan as a dog. Yeah. Or like Jordan going on right. the road. Or like Reggie Miller going on the road. There's certain guys that I do trust on the road. There's certain no guys doubt. that I will never trust again on the road. Tua being one of them. And, exactly. <laughs> and we were talking about the Bills-Steelers game earlier. It felt like the Bills should have been up 30 in that game. They were only up seven with 11 minutes to go. And that was with the Steelers having a turnover that gifted them a touchdown. That was with Mason Rudolph throwing an interception in the end zone. Yeah. Like, the Steelers didn't belong on the same field as the Bills. And with all that being said, Ryan, they were only down seven. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when we think of Buffalo, we think about usually they beat up on the really bad teams. And then, you know, games like this where it's close, they lose the one-score games. They've actually been winning the one-score games this year, and they've kind of been playing everybody close. I just I like the cheese. I think they win plus one twenty. I do. I don't know if they're necessarily the better team, but I just think for this game in specific, I think Buffalo's just do a loss here at some point. I think Buffalo's the better team if fully healthy, but I'm glad that okay, so the Matt Milano injury, I know that that was months ago, but that was a huge injury. Losing yeah. Trey White, who you didn't really have last season in the secondary was a huge injury. And I like the Rasul Douglas pickup. But the Bills' defense struggles against quarterbacks that could use their legs. I mean, not terrible. They've given up the 11th most rushing yards to quarterbacks this year. They're beat up at the linebacker position. And if you look at Mahomes, the number one most efficient play in all football is a quarterback scramble. And that's what he does. They're not designed quarterback runs. That's yeah. not Mahomes' game. But in these big games, he oh, uses man. his legs, man. And even against um, the Dolphins, he only had two scrambles in that game, but they went for 48 yards, had that one big run. And you look at the Bills' coverage unit right now and their injuries – I love Mahomes rushing yards Me over twenty four and a half. Call. So that's 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 the I first like look Allen's that I have. too. Both of them. I oh, I used him too. Yeah, Mahomes and Allen. These are the, that. This is the kind of game where both of these guys are just they're gonna do anything they can. So I love the rushing yards. Look, I think that's uh, I think that's a great call. Yeah. So I went Mahomes twenty four and a half because of the uh, injuries and whatnot, and then Josh Allen even in the forties. I played it at forty and a half, but that was another one that I played right away. Man, I love the Chiefs defense. I like their secondary. It's a defense that's built to play with leads, obviously, like not great against the run, although they did complete 
completely shut down the uh, Miami Dolphins last week, unfortunately for me. Yep. But I like the secondary, and I think they're going to be focused on obviously taking Stephon Diggs out of the equation. So Josh Allen's going to use his run, uh, use his legs as a runner here, probably on some designed and some scrambles. In the last three games, he's rushed for 12, 15, and eight attempts. So he's had 12 rushing attempts, 15 rushing attempts, eight rushing attempts, and he. Uh, yeah, man, I really, I really like this. And we only need 41 yards, 42 yards. He had 67 against the Chiefs last year. So, uh, yeah, I like Josh Allen rushing yards. But I do like Mahomes a little bit more just because of the lower number of 24 and a half. I agree. I agree. I'll be all over that. I kind of like Kansas City's team total over at 21 and a half, minus 115 to the over. I do like that. I mean, you know, they'll probably be somewhere in like the 20 to 27 range. Like they could finish with 20, 24, 27. But I do like that look for Mahomes. Um, man, I just think this is a game that the Chiefs are going to win. I really like them. So we'll see what happens. It's it's going to be I, – I mean, this is the game of the weekend. Let me ask you, if you were to throw a futures bet on one of these two teams to win the AFC, Bills plus 225 or Chiefs at plus 300, which team would you feel better about? Like, who do you feel better about the combo of winning that game and then giving Baltimore the better game most likely? Yeah, I'm going to say Kansas City. I agree. You know, I think Buffalo is, again, if they're fully healthy, the, plus, the, the, the better price team, too. man. I mean, I mean, the price, like plus 300, plus 225. I, I like Kansas yeah. City. Yeah, and I have some Bills futures. I'm really, really, really cheering for that Bills-San Francisco exact matchup that I used the free bet on. Like, if that happens, I'm probably going to have to stick around for Sunday for the Super Bowl. Yep. But right now, the way that these teams are trending, like I know Kansas City, the wide receiver room, they lead the league in drops, but Rice was a beast in his first playoff game. Kelsey was still Kelsey, caught seven of his 10 targets for over 70 yards, and Pacheco in that run game. And then you have Patrick Mahomes, and I just, I trust Spags, I trust Andy Reid, even on the road, man, and it's Patrick Mahomes. Like I said, that's like betting on Michael Jordan back in the day, or it's like Tom Brady back in the day. I mean, I think he's the best quarterback in the league. And I got it, like with the Bills, I need to see them win this game. It was like the the knock on Lamar. Lamar's never going to beat Mahomes beat Mahomes. Lamar's never going to win a playoff game, finally won a playoff game. I almost just feel like with the Bills, like this is their kryptonite, though. This the, is the Kansas first City time, Chiefs, dude. This they should have fir- won that last game. This is the first time they're going into this game as the favorites. What if what if this game goes to overtime? I mean, this game, this is the reason why the overtime rule was changed because of that just, you know, ridiculous playoff game where Gabe Davis had you're, four you're touchdowns. You're talking my language. What, what is that, this, a plus 800 probably? Yeah, Usually any chance is. this game goes to overtime yeah, after the that. overtime rule? Love that sprinkle. It's yeah. a great call. Yeah, but at three, I got to take Kansas City. Even at two and a half, which, let's be honest, is the real number. Because right now, Kansas City plus three is minus 125. Yeah. I like Kansas City. I think they win this game. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. Wouldn't hate seeing Buffalo for my futures and just for the story. You know, I feel like that's the better story. I, I want to see the Bills fans get their Super Bowl. And I feel like, but man, like the Chiefs are a bad matchup for the Ravens just because it's like Mahomes and it's Lamar. And I know Lamar finally got the win a couple of years ago, but see, I actually think the Bills would be a worse matchup. I think the Chiefs would give Baltimore more issues. I just think Mike McDonald with the way he's able to generate pressure against Josh Allen, who's turnover prone. Yeah. I just think he'd put him in a mental pretzel. So it's another reason I like Kansas City in this game. I mean, Allen didn't have any turnovers against the Steelers. You know we're due for one, if not two, against Kansas City. And I promise you, if the Bills turn the ball over two times, they're not winning that game. So I uh, I just I like the Chiefs, man. I really do. I think we're selling high right now on Buffalo. Like, yes, they, they played so good at the end of the regular season. They've won all these games in a row. But we're just kind of selling low on the Chiefs. You know, their defense has been 
because their offense is at a certain standard, right? Like we're used to seeing the Chiefs offense a certain way that the fact that when we think of the Chiefs, they don't look like we perceive them to be. I think that's why they're undervalued right now. Because if you took Kansas City Chiefs off the front of their chest, right, they have a, a team with an all-time quarterback and an unbelievable defense, but we want all the weapons around that. We want prime Travis Kelsey with Tyreek Hill, and we want all these weapons, and we want the Chiefs scoring 30 to 40 points a game. They're not doing that. Yeah. So I think that's kind of making people scared off of the Chiefs, but they're, they still got Mahomes. How crazy is it that Mahomes is going to make his first road playoff start? He's never played. He's never started one this game. This is what year six Five, on the six, road. Six, like crazy. And this will be the rematch of that OT from that was the OT game. That was 2021. I feel like that was just last year, man. That what's was even, 2021, the divisional round. Ryan, now. what's even crazier is the reason this game's in Buffalo is because Kadarius Tony was offside, right? Right. They finished exactly. one game. I exactly. Mean, if Tony's not, so you know that will add a little fuel to Kansas City. I just, I love him in the game. I love him. Plus Man. three. I think plus three is a gift. I mean, I know it's. I, the, I think these are even teams. I agree. It's just crazy. Never started a road playoff game. Thirty-eight and eleven on the road in the regular season. Most wins by any quarterback in their first fifty road starts since nineteen fifty. Um, completed sixty-nine percent of his passes on the road, but has never made a road playoff start. That's hard to believe. That's why he's the goat. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. It's you better you bet. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glass are filling in for Nick and Ken today. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.